So I want to talk to you again this morning about being a vessel of the Spirit. So uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. So get your Bibles out and go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. And I want to pray this morning. Father, I just declare that as we go into the Word, that the Word is going to be sharp. It's going to be that two-edged sword that goes cuts through everything this morning. Lord, I thank you that ever... Uh, that the blood of Jesus is over us right now and over this message, and I just declare that it's going to be received with open hearts. I thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God to, to, to bring clarity and understanding and our eyes to be open, Lord. I just declare that the devil is defeated and that God is on the throne of our life. I declare that, there's, that, that, that there can be no demonic distractions, there can be no... No evil put forth, Lord God, because today people are going to receive this and it's going to bring joy and it's going to create in us to be the vessels of God that you want us to be. And so, Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so I, I'm going to consider this as part three, or maybe you don't, maybe you want to make it a new one in your notes, but it's part three, talking about vessels of the Spirit. And uh, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but they're also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master's purpose, prepared for every good work. You know, I, I uh, looked that up because, you know, it says that dishonor. But if you really go look it up and what it really means is, you know, you got some, some, some vessels that are really special to you. And you use it all the time. Maybe it's your favorite measuring cup for baking. Whatever. Hello? It's not really vessels of honor and dishonor. You know, some like if you take a mayonnaise jar and you poured your bacon grease in there, that mayonnaise jar is pretty important, but it's just a mayonnaise jar. Hello? Do y'all remember? This is kind of funny, and I don't know why I feel like th talking about retro here. But uh, y'all remember when, when you bought... Jelly, so that you could get a glass out of it? That was a normal thing. You had jelly glasses. I mean, I thought that's where all glasses came from. Jelly. Did in our house. But what it's talking about is in the house of the Lord, every one of y'all are, every one of us are different. Every one of us have different jobs, different, different ways that God uses us. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a, one of you is a vessel of honor and somebody else is a vessel of dishonor. What it means is that some of you have a vessel and, you know, you're going to be doing this and others are going to be doing that. Hello? But no matter what, you're a vessel. Everybody say, I'm a vessel. And where people get this thing messed up is they forget that they're a vessel of the Spirit of God. All right? So I want you to look at John chapter 16, verse 12. I'm going to... I'm going to I'm going to go through some things this morning, and, and I'm trying to, to find the right words, and I'm trying to just like ease into this, but I really just want to just throw it on you. <clears throat> because folks, listen to me. This whole, the world we're living in right now, I, I, I mean, folks, things are spiraling out of control. And I want you to be prepared. I want you to be strong. I want you to be having a relationship with Jesus, because I'm telling you, we can't, I cannot be everywhere with you. But praise God, Jesus is omnipotent, and he can be everywhere with you. And he is everywhere with you. But there's so many distractions going on, and there's so much loud chatter coming out 
over the, the enemy's radio station that it's very easy to get yourself distracted and caught up in the things going on in the world and miss what Jesus is saying to you. And what I'm praying is that we, as the people of God, hear that God has called into to this congregation, this body of Christ, this ecclesia, okay? That as we've gathered here, that we can be everything that Jesus called us to be. Amen? And we've got to learn some things. And we've got to get it down in our heart and not be distracted by the things of this world. Listen to me. The devil is in our backyard. We think in utopia we're going to be immune from everything. We think, oh, you know, we're just a little sleepy town up here. in No, folks, I'm telling you, Jesus is wanting to do a great work, and for some reason he centered utopia in it. And the enemy is going to do everything he possibly can to take it out. But I'm not too worried because I know the greater one. In John 16, 12, Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Okay, so take that as a point. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit wants to guide us into all truth. We need to be crying out for truth. We want the truth. Amen? Not the gossip. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears... He will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Do you realize that God wants to share what's taking place in heaven with you? Now, now listen to me. You, you may just be sitting here. You better not be, but you may be just sitting here. Just, you just came to church and you're just a bump on a log. But I'm telling you, the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth and all therein, wants to talk to you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Not just, oh, well, that's a preacher's job. Forget that mess. Don't throw that off on me. I'm not the only one that can hear God. I'm not the only one supposed to be hearing God. I'm supposed to be the shepherd just saying, oh, we need to go in that direction and take my stick and whack you when you get off out over there eating what you're not. When you start messing around with that silver nightshade, I go over there and whack you and say, quit messing with it. It's going to kill you if you eat it. That's my job. But it's our job for all of us. Look, you don't get in the body of Christ. You don't get to get saved and go to heaven and sit in your pew until that happens. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're not just like you're, you're, you are a sheep. But you're a sheep with a purpose. You don't get to just not do anything. You don't get to just live your little life. You do not know how many times in my walk I have begged Jesus to get me out of this mess. Because I would so much rather just be in your position than mine. And as the days approach and it gets harder and harder to make decisions, I, I even so much more. How much more I'd rather just be out there and let some other guy be up here pastoring and I'm just going to say, I'm going to support you. Hey, pastor, I love you. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Oh, I'd love to be in that place. I'll be on the security team, walk around outside. But what I'm saying to you is God, you've got to understand something, church. God wants to use you and he wants to speak to you. Almighty God wants to speak to you. Reveal things that are going on in heaven to you. Look at the person beside you and say, that's amazing. 
In John chapter 15, verse 14, it says, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. He said, look, the relationship's changing here. You're not just a servant. You're not just me telling you what to go do. But I'm calling you a friend. I want to sit down and talk to you. This is Jesus saying this. I think Christians have just for, forever just, you know, go to church, sing the songs, go up here, do this, have a little Sunday school class like that. But I don't know if the revelation has hit them that the Almighty God, that Jesus himself, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, wants to sit down and talk to you and he wants to call you a friend. But I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known unto you. What? All things I heard from my Father I have made known unto you. The conversation between God Almighty and his Son, Jesus Christ, has been made known unto us. He wants to talk to you about that. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Okay, God knows that you're foolish in ways. God knows that you're going to make mistakes. God knows who you are. God knows all the things you've done and what you're going to do before you've done it. But he still chose you. Said, I want you. Because he sees potential in you. He sees that if you sit down and fellowship with him, that you will become a vessel of his spirit, hands to do his work, and a mouth to speak his word. But if you're fellowshipping with the devil... Or even this world. Let's just call it this world. Let's just, let's just not say devil. Let's just say you're just fellowshipping with the carnal side of this world. Do you know what's going to come out of your mouth? Gossip, anger, wrath. So God wants to fellowship with you because he wants coming out of your mouth the things of the Father. Or he can fellowship with the carnal side of you. And what will come out of you is the world. So he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you these things that command you that you love one another. Go to John chapter 3. Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and he said to him, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now this is where I'm just, I, I, I'm hanging on, but y'all aren't going to just freak out when I say this. Okay? But this is the whole point of my message. You are supernatural. You are supernatural. Let me explain. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Bible says right there, John 3, 3, Jesus says, says, you are born again. He talks all about how your spirit was changed. You go back into Jeremiah 31, you read, God said, I want to put my spirit in their heart. Your spirit, man, became alive into the things of God. You, are born, you were born again. And you became the vessel housing the spirit of the living God, and you became supernatural. Everything that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, does is supernatural. Jesus takes a little boy's lunch, feeds 5,000 people with it. Jesus walks on the water. Jesus comes back from the dead. Everything Jesus did was supernatural. You have to understand the supernatural. You have to understand what's going on in the supernatural. Okay? Jesus wants to work the supernatural through you. Why? Because you're supernatural. He wants to flow through you, and it's supernatural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. So you may be saying, oh, pastor, he's going all over there. on that. going to get all Pentecostal on us or something. No, I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> I've been in some wild things in life, okay? I've been in meetings before where I was so scared I'd have run if I could have, but I couldn't. 
And I want to tell you something. I've seen all kinds of things. There's not anybody going to tell me any wilder story than I have lived through in my life. But I just want you to understand something. As a Christian, you are supernatural. Now, the emotionalism, the way you, you, you walk in that, that's something totally different. I'm talking about today you've got to get a revelation that you are a supernatural vessel of God. You say, well, I'm not anything special. I'm not called to the ministry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you're born again. You're a vessel with the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. Folks, listen to me. Ho, 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 ho. Isaiah 14 says that when we get to heaven and we look back and we see the devil down there, we're going to say, he, that, that right there is what deceived the nations. That? And it doesn't say, it doesn't give a lot of detail, but it gives the, the, the implications that it's like looking at a cockroach. You know, you're looking and saying, that was what we were scared of? That's what we thought was rustling around out in the bushes? That right there? That? But yet we live our lives, our Christian lives. Supernatural individuals, vessels of the Spirit of God, defeated by the devil so much because we let him come in and influence us and we focus on the natural, the carnal, the fleshly side of things. When you are a supernatural vessel, The spirit of the living God. Romans 8 tells us that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Holy moly. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And you're going to say, well, I pastor, I'm not anything special. I'm not anything. Are you born again? Is Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life? If he is, well, then you're supernatural. If he is, you have the power of God on the inside of you. If he is, the devil is shaking in his boots, hoping that you don't realize it because he knows he will be defeated. But we Christians, we just walk around, we just let go. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. It says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let me ask you all a question here this morning, and I need some hands raised if you do believe this. How many of you all in here, you really, 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 really do believe there is a heaven? Oh, so you believe in some supernatural place. Oh, oh, you, oh, you bunch of weird, freaky people. You bunch of weirdos. Freaks. Jesus freaks. You do believe there's a place called heaven? You do believe it's real? Well, where is it? I mean, is it past Montana? No, it's in the supernatural. It's in the supernatural. It's in this place on the other side of what we can't see, but we know it's real. It's in this other dimension called the supernatural that we don't see it, we don't But we know, see, y'all, a bunch of freaks just told me you believe there was a heaven. So where is it at? It's in the supernatural. Oh, so the things that are not seen, you're believing in. Oh, this is good. I'm enjoying this. Because, see, you just got thrown in under the bus with me because this is, I mean, what are you going to say? We believe in heaven. We're believing in something we can't see. And we're calling it more real than what we see. Now, ha, think about this. 
We know that in the end, this earth is going to be destroyed. It's going to be done away with, right? But heaven's going to be forever. The supernatural is truly more real and long-lasting than the natural. Yet how are we getting defeated? How are we depressed? How are we discouraged? How are we dismayed? How are we put down? How are we get envious, get greedy? How do we do that? When we're really talking about, we're believing in the supernatural. Well, it's because there's two things in the supernatural. There's heaven and there's hell. If you believe in heaven, you have to believe in hell. They're both over on the other side called the supernatural. So then that means there's God and an innumerable force of angelic beings, Jesus and the Holy Ghost. But there's also a devil and a third of the fallen angels. How is it divided? Well, I don't know other than uh, Luke's gospel. He tells us that there was a great chasm fixed between the two. I don't know. But I do know it's in the supernatural realm. But Hebrews 11, 3 tells us that the whole world we're living in was created by the supernatural. Because it says, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God created it all out of the supernatural. So everything created out of the supernatural that we see here in the natural came from the supernatural. Which you're a part of if you're born again. But now you got to understand this. We're, we're supernatural beings, creating the image of our God. Spirit of the living God's living in us. But we're trapped on earth in the natural realm. But if we die, we go to the supernatural realm. Now, y'all just follow me here. Don't, don't, don't say I've lost it. I ain't lost it. I'm just getting it. But there's something that's very strange because man stands in the middle between heaven and hell. Because you have a free will. And God set it up this way that he's not going to violate your free will. He wants you to choose to serve him. So you're standing in between heaven and hell. You're supernatural. Hell is supernatural. Heaven is supernatural. And both sides are trying to influence you. And you're standing in the middle. Jesus wants you to be influenced by the Spirit of God to serve Him. He puts preachers out, people out, friends out, people everywhere trying to go out and be vessels of His Spirit, hands to do His work and a mouth to speak His word, telling people the good news of the gospel and trying to get people saved and converted so that they will live for Him so they can understand the supernatural so they can enter into the supernatural with Him and be blessed and walk in the miracles. And at the same time, the devil wants to try to keep you out of it. He wants to run everything by you. He wants to do every obstacle that he can to throw in your way. He wants to get you discouraged. He wants to get you dismayed. He wants to get you dispelled. He wants to loose his demon forces upon you. So that you will not walk with Jesus. And the one standing in the middle is you. With your free will, getting, having the ability to choose heaven or hell. Are you all with me? So, the world 
gets, it's kind of crazy. The world makes the hellish side of things look like it's a close race to winning with God's side. Right? That's the way the world makes it. I heard a preacher say the other day, and I had to think about what he said, and I started laughing. He said, I can preach on devils, demons, and people are more relaxed than if I start to preach on angels. If I go to preach on angels, everybody gets weird. So I don't know what he's talking about. An angel. But because the whole world is all demon-influenced. The movies, the everything is just, you know, everybody, everybody can imagine we start doing angels, talking about God's side. Everybody gets freaked out, especially Christians. Don't talk about that. Something might happen. And then there's, there's people who they don't understand the supernatural. They don't understand that side that they're being influenced by the devil or being influenced by heaven. And so they don't understand it. And so they don't have any respect for the supernatural. And they dabble in things they shouldn't dabble in. And they do things that they shouldn't do. And they say things that they shouldn't say. Let me just, let me just give you an example here. Um, okay, now you, 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 take, uh, you take Las Vegas. All right? If you hear Las Vegas, what do you think about? Sin City, right? Gambling, you know, whatever. Right? Well, that's created a whole environment there. That's what it, it, it comes to each and every one of us, you know, doing things you shouldn't do or whatever, 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 right? And, and that's the imagery it gets. And then it creates its own culture. And then everything starts to move. And, you know, so if you were going to set up, I don't know, Betty Crocker Holmes Cooking School, you wouldn't think of Vegas right off the bat that would be a good location. Are you all with me? Are you following me here? And so, so demon spirits know that, and they know they influence that. And so when you go into an environment like that, immediately the demons are trying to influence you in that arena. And, it, and then they, the people that they do influence, they all get behind it, and then so it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. It would be the same thing if you wanted to set up, uh, you know, a, a, a town with bars and, and whatever. Or if you wanted to turn it over and you wanted to go to a godly place and you brought in godly colleges and everybody was looking for that. And then, then, the, the, then the angelic influence would be working to influence you. You see what I'm saying? The supernaturals that work all the time influencing people, whether it's demonically or Heavenly, right? And we're in between. But now Hebrews, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. I want to read a little bit here. It says, God, who at various times and various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory in the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand 
of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The ruler of the supernatural is Jesus. Hear what I'm saying? The King of kings and the Lord of lords of the supernatural realm is Jesus. Quit giving any authority to the devil because the ruler in the supernatural is Jesus. Hell, I don't know, Pastor. You know, it's, it's close. No, it's not. There's still a wisp of influence that the enemy has. But Jesus has defeated him. He has defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys. Jesus does, not the devil. But in this age we live in right now, the enemy is working overtime to influence us his direction. Now, the only thing you can actually, you know, give the devil credit for is that he's been around forever and he's very crafty in the way that he can trick and, 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 and influence us. And what I'm saying is, he's wanting to, he's wanting to right now deceive as many people as he possibly can. But Jesus wants us to win as many people as we possibly can to, to him, right? But if we're being influenced by the enemy, and we're the Christians, I mean, we got craziness going on in the church world. I'm not even talking about the, the other world. I'm talking about the church world. Craziness going on. People talking all kinds of trash. You've got to be careful right now because the enemy wants to influence you to get you off so that you're not being influenced by heaven because you're supernatural. And you have a great effect in this world if you'll work with Jesus. Am I making any sense to you? Do you understand how, how there's all these supernatural things that God wants to work through you? Let me just tell you one one supernatural thing. I mean, I got a bunch. I'm going to tell you one right now. Prayer is supernatural. But when you're praying, are you thinking about? Just think about it. When, you pr when you're praying, are you thinking about that you're supernatural? Or are you just praying? I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not beating you. I'm not whipping you here. I'm just saying. Even myself, sometimes I have just started praying. Lord, I just thank you today. Right? But do you ever think about that? You're supernatural. The Spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. When you're praying, you're not praying, you know, so that you're being heard in Washington. I mean, you may be praying for something to change in Washington, but I'm talking about, you follow what I'm saying? That's not what the, the we, you're tuning into heaven. Oh, where's heaven? Where's heaven? Didn't we just all agree with that just a minute ago? All heaven is in the supernatural. So when you're praying, you're speaking into the other realm, that realm we cannot see, which is called the supernatural. Do you realize, okay, so forever, the church has tried to teach. I'm not talking about this church just in itself. I mean, the body of Christ has tried to teach Christians to walk in the spirit. And they teach you you should walk in the spirit. But walking in the spirit is like trying to go on a diet when you have half a gallon of Rocky Road in the, in the fridge. And you're trying not to eat it. And it's just speaking to you and beckoning you and calling you and yearning you. And everywhere you go and every time you open it, your eyes immediately fall to it. And, you just, and then you can feel the cold spoon and the ice cream up upon your mouth. And you can. But if you understand that you are a supernatural being, 
and walking in the spirit is what supernatural beings do, then it becomes your nature to pray and touch the supernatural, to love in the supernatural, to show grace in the supernatural, to show mercy in the supernatural. All of a sudden, if you have this mentality that you are supernatural, it becomes easy to walk in the spirit because you're realizing that's who you're created to be. That when you're praying, you're talking to heaven and you're in the throne. And God Almighty's hearing your prayers. And 1 John 5, 14 says, and then you have confidence because you say, man, God's heard my prayer. Woo! Then John 16 comes alive to you. Well, Jesus said anything I need, Father, come ask you. Because you realize it's not, you're not like feeling this distance of being so far away from God because you're over here in just the natural. You realize, wait a minute, I'm a supernatural being. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who's in you is greater than he's in this world. Well, the greater one living on the inside of us. Well, how could you not be supernatural if Jesus is living on the inside of you? I mean, if he just opened up a little door, there's Jesus holding his little lamb right there. But he is in you. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he wants to do. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he wants to do. He has no ability to make life. No ability to make life. Nobody ever talks about being sick in heaven. Nobody ever writes a book, yeah, I went to heaven. I saw a whole sick ward in heaven. Yeah, I went to heaven. There's one side. I don't know what's wrong with them people. There's a bunch of people over there crying. It's bad. They don't talk about that. Don't talk about the poverty level in heaven, right? Because it's in the realm of the supernatural where God is and there's life. But wait a minute, a piece of that's in you. So then if life is in us, it should be generating life. It should be like some kind of a generator churning down here and bringing life. And so, so you know, then you get influenced by a devil and you go, bah! and you do that and he runs off. But no, we're just little Christians. We're just trying not to drink and smoke and dance and cuss. What? The spirit of the living God's living on the inside of us. You see how, you see how the enemy gets you into such small little thinking and so twisted and just mess up when, when instead of thinking so grand on grand scales of, oh my gosh, I'm saved. I'm born again. The spirit of God's on the inside of me. I'm, I, I know that, that heavenly realm's there. I'm supernatural. And the devil wants to plot this, this huge scheme and he wants to get it all filtered out through our minds that, you know, he's going to win, he's taken over and he's going to, you know, basically rule our lives and we're going to be, you know, eating grass and trying to, to live and, 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 and be destroyed and, and he's going to do his, his deal. I'm just telling you, all we have to do is rise up and say, be gone, get out of here. If we understand that we're supernatural and the power of God that was on the inside of us. But then, you know, we get some Christians and I'm, listen to me, I'm just going to say it like it is. Then we get some Christians and they hear this message like this and then they get to really think there's something special. And so then they just get goofier and goofier. And then they're just like, I'm something special. I'm the supernatural. And then they're going to go, I mean, it's basically doing Christian seances rather than just walking in the spirit. You know, like when I'm in heaven talking to, to Jesus, I mean, everybody's wearing blue jeans and it's all cool. That's how they dress for me. I mean, what I'm trying to say is it's just, it's just a natural thing. I went to my friend's house. I wasn't worried about going to the front door. I wasn't worried about ringing the doorbell because I knew my friend wanted to see me because a piece of my friend is in me. 
And why do we always have to go get goofy and do strange things and act all weird? Why can't we just be Christians who have figured out that we're supernatural beings and walk in the supernatural with God who is supernatural? Why can't we just have the greater one on the inside of us? Why can't we just understand Colossians 1.27 is that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Why do we have to make walking in the Spirit so difficult? Why not make it easy? Just walk in the Spirit. Just get to where you can distinguish the voice of the enemy and his temptations. No, what I ain't doing that. I'm over here. I'm going to do something supernatural. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do super, something supernatural. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray for somebody and, and, and love them. I'm going to do something supernatural. I want to show somebody some grace and some mercy. I want to be nice to my wife. So then Romans 8.31 tells us, what are we going to say to these things? What things? Those things that are coming against you, those things that are trying to tempt you, things that are trying to make you fall off the wagon. I don't know. I, I hadn't figured this out yet. Why do we fall off the wagon? It's one of those things I just, I'll have to research some more. We fell off the wagon. What were you doing on a wagon? You should have held on. Anyway, Romans 8.31 says, and what shall we say to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? So can I say it this way? So then what are we going to say to these things? My father's in the supernatural, and I'm supernatural. See, we, Hollywood makes the devil to where it's got all this power and all this, you know, but then it's really not that. It's us. We're the ones that have this supernatural power in us, all of us. You're supernatural. You're born again. The power's on the inside of us. You have the ability to say no. You have the ability to tell every devil in hell to get out. And this is where we've got to get to as Christians. If we want to walk through these end times and have the right posture, You've got to get this revelation that you're supernatural. I mean, if you go on down and read more in, in Romans 8 there, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or the sword? For it is written for your sake, uh, we are killed all day long. So, in other words, nothing's going to separate us. Nothing's going to take us away. How could something take us away if Jesus is in us and we're a vessel of his spirit? They used to tell me, well, you get so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. I have never seen that. I have never even seen anyone even close to that. I have never. Now, maybe there is some church where people are so heavenly minded that's coming in and hum all the whole time and nobody does nothing. I don't know what they do, but you with me? I would say it's more people are so in their minds full of guilt and shame that they're of no effectiveness for heaven. Troubles or cares. Is this speaking to your hearts? Is it opening your eyes? Is it helping you here? You don't want me to just quit and we'll go eat lunch? I mean, I'm getting kind of hungry. There's so much more. <clears throat> you know, Luke 10 says, y'all have been given delegated authority to walk in the supernatural. I'm going to have to just go back over this because I'm running out of time here. But listen, you've been given delegated authority. Uh, Acts 1 and 8 says you've been empowered. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says you've been given the manifestation of the Spirit. To profit with all you've been given gifts to function in. You're supernatural. This is who we're supposed to be as Christians. So how are you going to do it? How are you going to function? Well, you've got to get this revelation that you're a vessel of the Spirit of God. And then you've got to start to get in harmony with Him that everywhere you're going, you're obeying His commands. I'm not talking about living to the letter of the law. I'm talking about people are around you. Listen to me, folks. Just If you would just be, become really aware of everywhere you're going, your ministry is, listen, you're not being called to go into the middle of, you know, Zambezi right now. Bless God. You right now are called 
to minister to the people right in your home, everybody you're going to run across this week. That's your ministry field. That's your ministry field. Even if you're going to the doctor, that's your ministry field. You're going shopping, that's your ministry field. You should be pushing your basket down the aisle, just looking, saying, huh, which one? Which one you want? Which one is going? Which one is for me today, Lord? Who am I going to get? I told you, my wife had an experience in the middle of uh, uh, the grocery store. Uh, a lady didn't even know her, never seen the lady or anything. Was got a bad report at the doctor's office. Walked straight. Is this not true? Wave your hand to say, yeah, yeah. I'm not just making stuff up and selling tickets. Walked up to her and said, "Ma'am, could you pray for me?" The lady walked up to my wife. My wife didn't have a T-shirt on, said, I pray for people who are sick. and didn't say nothing. She's just there looking around, trying to find the groceries. And the lady comes up, and, and she said, you just look like you, you, you could help me. And so my wife said, look, I'm trying to get groceries. I ain't got time to mess with this. <laughs> Call this number. <laughs> well, you know, my wife didn't do that. But you with me. See, if, if, you're, if you're making yourself available, God then can use you. But see, the enemies, man, I'm just telling you folks, there, it's coming on this earth like a plague. I see it. I've been telling you. First it was fear. Now there's going to be a spirit of religion. And it's just going to keep getting bigger. And it's just going to, the enemy is trying to this, but God wants us to be victorious. You think we're immune, but we're not. It's in our backyard. You can conjure up all the devils you want to, but if the body of Christ would rise up in a moment and just say, no, it's put down. There's no battle. Jesus already defeated him. It's already over with. He's already given us a delegated authority to walk in it if we just will. You know, I saw a video the other day of a guy he's elk hunting somewhere up north, and a mountain lion came out and started coming and was going was to get him, wanted a piece of him. And he's a big old kitty, you know. And he's coming and he keeps going. And the guy's just, I mean, he's from here to the first row of chairs from him. But he's got a pistol. <laughs> Couldn't hit anything with it, but he had a pistol. And that, that mountain lion is, is just starting to, and then all of a sudden you see that, you just see this, it, he's got one of those GoPros on. And you see that cat, just all of a sudden that look on his face, and he laid his ears back. And you can see, dude, and I was watching the thing, I said, dude, you better shoot. Because the whole time he's backing up saying, I don't want to shoot you. I don't want to shoot you. And I was like, you better shoot him. You better shoot him. And so he fired a shot, missed. And that cat flinched when he was at the shot. And then just laid his ears back down and came again. And I was like, you better unload that clip and pray to God you hit something. Here's my point. Eventually the cat ran off because the guy was shooting at him. Like I said, he never did hit him. But he had the power within his hand to stop that mountain lion. Now the mountain lion was more aggressive, had claws and teeth could have very easily killed the man, right? But the guy had something that the mountain lion didn't have, a pistol. So when it came right down to it, him standing there with his pistol, he had more power. And I'm telling you, it's time that we quit looking at and being scared of the cat, being scared of the devil and looking at him and he's laying his ears back and he's looking like he's going to attack because there's more power with you than there is with him. And it's time for us to learn how to shoot straight and get the job done. Because you're supernatural. Everybody stand up, if you would, and say, I'm supernatural. Those of you on my prayer team this morning, can you come down? Now, I just want you to understand, church, listen to me. I'm going to have to go back over this and talk about your authority and your power and all this stuff I just shot off at the last year because I want you to really understand that. But <clears throat> I'm telling you, 
You've got to grab a hold of what I'm preaching right now. You've got to grab a hold of something. This is not me. This is not coming from Robert. What I'm doing right now is supernatural by sharing the word with you. Came hot off the press from heaven to you. All right? I want you to understand God wants to work with you if you'll just take the time. I'm asking you this week to commit yourself to just take the time to sit down and think about this message. And in your prayer time, think about when you pray, you're being supernatural. Ask the Holy Spirit. He said right there in John 16 that he wants to tell you great things. Start listening. Start listening. Looking for it. And let the Spirit of God begin to develop in you all that he wants to do. Amen? Now, I want to pray for you. So, Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray for everyone out there listening and everyone in here. That, Lord, that they will understand today that we are supernatural beings. Born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. That today, Lord God, that we know that greater is he that's in us and he that's in this world. And that you've created us to be vessels of your spirit, hands to do your work, and a mouth to speak your word. I ask you today, oh Lord God, that as they begin to grab hold of this and begin to get hold of this revelation, that the, the, the authority that you've given us and delegated to us will begin to flow into the people. And they will begin to, to, to see mighty works being moving in their own life. Now, Lord, I declare that what the devil wants to destroy, what the devil thinks he's defeated, Lord, I just declare that right here in utopia, the glory of God arises I declare right here, Lord God, the body of Christ arises and that, God, you were exalted. You were lifted up. Jesus, you were high and lifted up in this area. I declare every devil in hell is defeated. I declare, oh, God, you are glorified. You are glorified right here. And, Lord, let this be the portal of heaven being lifted up right to you, Lord God, and ever, ever supernatural uh, power from heaven flowing right through here. And through these people, because they are vessels of your spirit, hands to do your work, and a mouth to speak your word. And so, Lord, we give you praise for it. Lord, we give you thanks for it right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here up front to pray for you. If you have any needs, be blessed and go get them.